Welcome to Entertainment Talk TV, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for the television that we choose to talk about. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Grey. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Thank you, Matt, for having me on. Good. Uh, yeah, it's good to have you back. Um, you've done, what, four or five podcasts or so with, with me yeah, now? I think it's up to my fourth one, probably my fourth or fifth now, yeah. Yeah, I think we did done two TV, two TV talks, the Pilot Watch episode and Zoe's finale. That's it, uh, yeah. Yeah, episode, which was quite a while ago now, actually, now that we think about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, outside of all that, um, what have you been watching? Oh, uh, well, I've... About? Yeah, I've been uh, really sort of trying to watch lots of new things. I, I shouldn't be taking on too much because there's not enough TV in the day to watch. But yeah, I've been trying to look at some of the new things that have been coming out in September. Um, I've been watching The Boys. Um, I started watching The Duchess on Netflix uh, over on BBC. I've started watching Aquafina as Nora from Queens. Um, I've had a real range and a real variety of TV programmes. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to talk today about a couple that are really good and w- I'll follow them through and a couple that are not so good and I, I probably wouldn't recommend. <laughs> what about you? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do, I think we'll do your stuff first and then we'll go into uh, some of my things. Um, so which which of those do you want to talk about first? Okay, so shall I I talk about The Duchess? Now, The Duchess is a, yeah, six-part comedy um, written um, and starring uh, Catherine Ryan, a Canadian comedian who is based in England, Um, and it was released last Friday. I've I've watched five out of the six episodes so far, Um, and it's really tempting with a female comedian-led drama to start comparing, isn't it? If you think about some of the ones we've had over the last couple of years, like Roisin Conaty's Game Face um, and Ashling B's comedy, um, and then you always go back to like the flea bag, and you're always looking at those comparisons. And I'm sure Catherine Ryan isn't wanting them to have a comparison. She's doing sort of a reflection of her own life. She's a, a mum. Uh, with her daughter trying to bring up her daughter her the father is part of the daughter's life but is very different to the mum um and she's sort of following her journey with her new partner and it's watchable but there are just some points which made me a little uncomfortable due to the language and i know catherine ryan is uh you know is a comedian that is rude and i'm I'm not a prude I, i i'm fine with the language but i felt some of it was being used just because it's Netflix and Netflix don't really have any restrictions on language use rather than it being used for any purpose. I know there's loads of discussion out there about when people swear in TV programs and is it appropriate? Um, And I just didn't think it was needed. I think that the points of humor that the program had were good enough without that sort of script edit. Um, So I don't know, have you seen or has it been on your radar at all? Uh, I saw it pop up when I went to watch something else the other day because um, it just got sort of released didn't it and it can it kind of came up and stuff but no I've not I've not clicked on it or anything at all so um, yeah I'm not I'm not sure about that one necessarily yeah, I mean but... if you're a Catherine Ryan fan I think you'll enjoy it if you like that comedy steer of, of like you're looking at a little bit of reflection of their own life I think you'll enjoy it but I'd be interested if people want to comment or, or send me a message on Twitter about what they thought about um, just the language and, and how they sort of use swearing to sometimes to a degree that I, it just made me 
sit a little uncomfortable. I've got one more episode to watch. I will probably finish it um, tonight or tomorrow. Um, and sort of like it's a done program. It's one of those six parters that you could really binge through. So that's the first program I'll talk about. Okay. Um, just, to, second... just to say as well, if you do want to send those tweets to Gray, that's uh, at Gray the Geek. Yeah, well. it is. Follow, so. yeah. Come and follow me and send me tweets. Um, the other one, and I know you you will want to talk about this because I know you're podded about this, is The Boys. Um, I am going a little bit slower than Amazon are recommending. Uh, I'm watching one episode a week to try and really last it out, and I, I just watched the second episode. Um, really enjoying it. Really enjoying the way they've gone in on it um, and to really flesh out some of the other characters I don't think we saw enough of. Um, and so Kimiko, for example, in the episode I've just watched, really starting to look at her character and her development, and I really like that. Um, I think, you know, with Homelander, one of the best villains that makes me as a viewer, like physically like repulsed at him and his his whole behavior and the way he treats people. Um, I'm just, yeah, it's, it's really well performed and really well put together. Um, and I just like the story arc of the deep um, as well. It's just, yeah, I'm really enjoying where they've gone with it, that we're really getting to know the characters. It's not all about um, the, the the boy and the girl from the first series. It's not about them. It's, it's about the wider superhero universe now. So, yeah, I'm really, yeah, I'm loving that one. Um, I, I know you've obviously got lots to say on that, Matt, and you're enjoying it as well, aren't you? Yeah, uh, it's been a good season so far. I did my uh, season two, episode five today. Um so uh, you can go and listen to that if you want some more in-depth thoughts on uh, on certain things. Um, I'm liking some things the season's doing, uh, particularly this week, and some other things not quite so much, but those problems can be quite easily solved as well. But uh, like it, like I said, if you want more of that, uh, you can search for the Diabolical 7 on iTunes or on the website. You should be able to find it in recent posts as well. So cool. uh, there's that. There's um, good news. It's season three as well. I suppose we know that's coming yep, because of some of yep. the casting announcements. Yeah, because so. got is it Jensen? It's Jensen Eccles, isn't it? Yeah, that, it is. Yeah, the two supernatural guys. What's the other yeah. one? Is it Jared? Jared Padalecki. Padalecki. Yeah, uh, I've only seen the pilot of um, Supernatural, but I still kind of yeah, I know who the the guys are and stuff. So. Yeah, I remember trying to watch it. I think I got lost at like season six or something many years ago. I was, <laughs> I was too much, too much to keep up with. Yeah. Um, so that would be a recommend. So I'd definitely recommend that one. Uh, the Duchess I'm on the line about, like you might want to go and watch it. Uh, the next one I'll talk about, um, which is a, another recommend released this week, just on Wednesday, actually. Um, it's the it's the sort of anthology style series Criminal. Um, and it's the UK version. So we had this last year. They had um, three episodes then, and David Tennant and Hayley Atwell were like the key uh, performers. This time it's four episodes. I've watched three of them. I've watched the Sharon Horgan, Kit Harrington, and Sophie Okonedo episodes. And it is just brilliant. Masterclass acting, really good observational drama. You as the viewer are really trying to work alongside the detectives not to solve it but you're with them in the room you have no prior knowledge it's not like these normal procedurals where you see clips of the police arriving at the door or bits of the pre-crime you are in that room with them at the time of interview and you are learning at that moment about the crime that the person may have or may not have committed and in all of them, you do have this real moment of questioning guilt, questioning procedure, questioning approach. 
and that to me is just a really good drama and it really is well scripted and I mean they're getting some stonking actors in to be to be the lead the last one which I'll watch probably this weekend is Kunal Naya who used to be in the Big Bang Theory um, so I'm really looking forward to watching that. But that is 100% Grey Recommends. Um, I don't know if you ever watched. Like <laughs> yeah. Did, you, yeah. did you watch the first series, Matt? Uh, yeah, I saw the first season. And like I've said, I think a couple of times before, when you've got Hayley Atwell and David Tennant, you've got you've got a challenge to follow up from that because those are two very talented names. And then, of course, you bring in you know Kit Harrington and uh, some of the others from season two. Uh, I haven't jumped onto the second season yet because I'm still in the middle of watching, well, the things I'm going to be talking about here in a minute. Um, and obviously, you know, the weekly TV and stuff that I'm doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting because you're kind of like, you're there with them in the moment of like, okay, this detail and this detail and this detail when you're looking at like, you know, body language and the way that, you know, that the suspect's talking and are they lying and you're kind of figuring that out for yourself. And then there's also just the the point as well of you looking at them and thinking, okay, did they or didn't they do it? Which is quite a simple question. But when you look at everything that they they display to you in the episode, you know, like I said, body language, evidence, um, how certain evidence is matching up to what everybody else is saying. Uh, it's really quite uh, interesting to, 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 to sort of go through all of that. So uh, I, I thought the first season was really, really good. I mean, let's face it, pretty much everything that David Tennant has done has been very good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to go and check out, uh, the second season at some point soon. So yeah. really, really good script, right? I mean, the episode I just watched with Sharon Horgan, I mean, she's a comedy actress. We know her from all her comedy work. It was brilliant. The way the, the plot unravels over the episode and you realize the depth of the storyline it was just so good. And that, again, is good writing. And, and I suppose when we say about how good season one was, it, we kept the same writer throughout. You've just got fantastic scripts, mm-hmm. fantastic sort of really focused drama because we're only ever in this room. We're never, ever out seeing them in their own lives, seeing the crime. We are just in this one room. And so you've got that intensity of being in this space. And no, definitely, definitely what what I would recommend if if anyone wants, you know, that really gripping drama. Yeah, it's interesting as well, because um, in terms of the story that you're telling, you're not leaving that room. Uh, the, the, the building, sorry. Sometimes you see the characters in the hallways and that, and they're having yeah. little chats and stuff, but you're pretty much always in that building, or for, for the most, for, you know, 90% of the episodes, you're in that room, so you don't really do any, like, flashback stuff, or it's, it's just literally from what the people are saying in that room, and then, you know, photographs of evidence or mm. documents of evidence and that sort of thing. Uh, that's all you have to kind of work with, um, which is an interesting thing to do creatively, to kind of force yourself into that corner to where you can't show, like, flashbacks or, or whatever. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm uh, interested and excited for season two. So Really, really good. Cool. Um, and then I suppose my fourth one, I can talk to you about some of the other ones that I'm watching, um, but is... BBC, BBC iPlayer, Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Um, I don't know if you have if this been on your radar at all. No, I no. don't think I've heard of that. But... Um, so it's it's known as Nora from Queens in, in the US, but it has this title of Aquafina is Nora from Queens. So it stars Aquafina, the actress and singer, um, and she basically is creating a, a version of herself and about 
her growing up in Queens who wants a better life and she lives with her dad and her grandma and I, I'm not I'm not hugely familiar with Aquafina. I've seen her on a couple of things she's done the most recently. I saw her in Ocean's 8, thought she was pretty good. But she is so funny. Her delivery of the comedy in this programme is really good. They're 25-minute episodes at a push. The grandmother is hilarious. The, what, the, the lady who plays her grandmother, uh, I've got the actress's name here, Laurie Tan Chin, is is hilarious she's just so good her timing her delivery um them as a double act works really really well um i I didn't think i'd go in expecting it and i'm really enjoying some of the acquisitions bbc iplayer are getting from um america and bring them over as seasons and I'm, i'm still watching mrs america and i've recently been watching harlots and you know some of the programs they're getting are really good they're taking me away from what i would normally watch on bbc iplayer and this is another one that i would definitely recommend um it's streaming the whole season 10 episodes obviously 25 to 30 minute episodes all on bbc2 i'm four episodes in absolutely loving it um and yeah i i, I would uh, definitely recommend that one as well so another great recommends <laughs> cool nice yeah um i've been watching loads of other things things i would probably not recommend uh, close enough it's this animation on netflix i'm not going to talk about it because it's not really worth talking about it it's a cartoon <laughs> network thing um not funny didn't enjoy it i even tried watching the first episode of another animation hoops again didn't enjoy it I think oh i saw these... the first two five minutes of yeah. hoops and it was sort of like Let's write down as many words as possible for Jake Johnson to say. 90% of them are, are swearing and that. Yeah. And let's just have it just be crazy with that. Yeah. And, it, I... and and there didn't seem to be, you know, granted that was the first five minutes of the first episode. It might have calmed down after that. But it was sort of like, okay, let's print off loads of A4 sheets of paper and tried to get Jake Johnson to say as many words as possible. <laughs> it, it was just so shoved full of dialogue. And even yeah. in that opening scene, where I think he's having a go at another coach or something. And I'll, and you you don't really... It's just not focused really at all. No. Um, but like I said, that was only the five minutes of the episode. Well, so I didn't rate it either. I just yeah. think, you know, when we've got good comedies like mm. Family Guy, like Bob's Burgers... Um, all producing like quite good content even things like Bojack Horseman and if you go back to the original like The Simpsons you know they're all good comedies and so I know they're trying to push um, animation on us because it's an easy thing to make in, in these sort of times but mm-hmm. didn't work neither did close enough Yeah, uh, but Bojack Horseman to me I think is the best adult comedy that's that's been made uh, yeah, animated really comedy strong. sorry really strong yeah yeah really really good um but yeah, because I remember when they they first showed the trailer for Hoops, and it was like Jake Johnson plays, I think it was like an aggressive or something described as that, um, like basketball coach in an animated series for Netflix. I was like, oh, that sounds like quite a good idea. I do like Jake Johnson, um, yeah. you know, from New Girl and uh, Spider Man into Spider Verse and the other stuff that he's done. What was the other thing that he was in? He was in uh, Tagged, I think that that film that um, me and Robert looked at last year. Uh, so he's a good actor and all that, but it's just when you shove a character so full of dialogue in the first couple of minutes, uh, it's uh, it, it didn't work very well. So yeah, I just think there's too many out there, and you've got to try and find your niche. Maybe it's not me. It's maybe it's me, just not the audience. So those are two I'd mm-hmm. definitely say stay away from. And I suppose me, I, things I'm not enjoying. Quickly run over these, um, and I know it might be very anti to a lot of people are saying. 
I'm struggling to get into I Hate Susie with Billy Piper. It's getting loads of positive reviews. I'm just not, I, for some reason, I'm just not really enjoying it. Uh, and the same with Two Weeks to Live, which is the um, the, the Maisie Williams uh, drama, which is on Sky or Now TV as well. Yeah, I'm both, both of them on there. Yeah, so. not not getting into that either. Um, so, and I've struggled with Strike. I use I like the first uh, couple of seasons of Strike. This most recent one again, struggling to get into it. Um, but I've they've all got good reviews. I suppose this is me, just my probably my taste at this time. So mm-hmm. there you go, Matt. I've just gone through all the things I've been binging in September, given like some good recommendations, a couple to avoid, and just general ones which I'm not enjoying. And uh, that's my run through. Over to you. Cool. Um, yeah, I think in terms of uh, I Hate Susie and Two Weeks to Live, which I did talk about last week on Geek Town, um, but just to kind of go off of what you've just said, um, I think both of them do have parts that definitely don't work. I think some of the comedy in Two Weeks to Live just doesn't really land. Um, and sometimes in I Hate Susie, there's just... I don't know, just parts of the show that don't come together quite so well. Uh, I did actually finish both of those, though. Uh, I I enjoyed them enough to keep going. You know, I like Billy Piper. I like uh, Maisie Williams a lot as well. Um, So the the, the actors in that kind of uh, kept me going with the show. Um, So, yeah. I'll I'll keep persevering, I think, so. Cool. All right. Uh, Before we get into the stuff that I'm watching, we'll take a small little break here, and then we'll go into some housekeeping. Just want to get into the other stuff that we've uh, podcasted on as well, so we'll see you for that in just a second. Hey there. I'm Aaron Holman, host of Eye to Eye, a weekly podcast talk show all about passion. I have this passion and this fire within me that burns brighter than the fire around me. Hello. With performing, there's always a story to tell, whether it's my own or not. Creativity. I go, he's more than cute. He's creative. All with an LGBT twist. Make sure to check out Eye to Eye, that's E-Y-E, number two, letter I. And rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in today. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, the weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it, there's going to be laughing. <laughs> Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Koalu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier. That gets you access to ad-free podcasts 
and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, as I mentioned earlier, the Diabolical 7 The Boys podcast, which is of course available to watch on Amazon Prime. Uh, so far there's been two, uh, five episodes sorry, of season two, and of course there's the uh, eight episode first season, so you can have a look out for that. But season two, episode five, the newest episode and the podcast for that is available. Last night on uh, Gaming Talk, me and Robert talked about some new information that we've got for the upcoming PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. And the PlayStation 5, if you can find it, is available to pre-order. And we discussed uh, the release dates and how much they both cost and the games and everything. And and just uh, a bunch of other information about that. I gave my first impressions for Crash Bandicoot 4, which has got a a demo which you can go and get if you've pre-ordered the game. And uh, talked about just some other things as well on that podcast. Uh, Becoming Heisenberg podcast, which me and David uh, have already done. Uh, and have scheduled the uh, podcast for the first season. That's for Breaking Bad, of course. We're up to Season 1, Episode 2 already. Uh, if you want to search for Becoming Heisenberg or just search on the website for Breaking Bad, you can find those on there. So that's for Season 1, Episode 2. That's this week's episode. And, of course, Episode 3 will be released on Wednesdays, such as will the other podcasts as well. So have a look out for those. Uh, United cast, Man United are starting their Premier League campaign tomorrow, which is good because we need to get it underway and everything. Um, so I did a little preview of sorts kind of thing. It talked about eight reasons to be nervous for the season and three reasons to be excited, which doesn't paint a very good picture for the team. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for the upcoming 20-21 to 21 season. Uh, so there's that as well. Uh, me and Barry did a podcast on Sunday talking about our top five best PlayStation 1 games. And if you know me, uh, you'll know what my number one probably is. So you can have a listen to those as well. So that's that as well. Uh, Let's Play Sundays have returned recently with two Avengers Let's Plays for Let's Play Sundays episode 51 and 52. Those are the last that you're going to see of that as well uh, of the Avengers Let's Plays for obvious reasons uh, but keep coming back on Sundays because there's still going to be episodes of Let's Play Sundays to go through as well that's pretty much everything at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms so I've been watching um, Little Fires Everywhere which is an Amazon original series. I think it's it's based off a book, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've watched, I think it's three episodes so far. I couldn't remember uh, earlier whether it was two episodes or three, but I'm pretty sure it's three episodes. Um, it's quite a good show. I think the first episode struggles a little bit um, and, and that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's a little bit difficult to kind of get started with and there's this, um, the, the opening scene basically is... Uh, Reese Witherspoon's character called Elena. Her house has been kind of burnt down and, and stuff, and they're trying to work out what's going on. And then you go backwards in time, but yeah, we go back in time a little bit, and then it's a build up to you know I'm going to assume who did the the fire or what happened or why you know how and where and why for for all those questions. There's a particular line that I want to point out. I think it's in the third episode because it was the one that I most recently watched. And they're doing this book club thing, which is a you know perfectly normal thing to kind of go and do and everything. And one of the I can't remember the woman's name. It's not Elena. It's in Elena's house, I think, but it's not her that's hosting the the book club. It's another woman. There's like twelve of them there or whatever. There's like a the, the big group of them. And I think it's in. I think the 
kind of reason this line is said is because of what whatever the book is that they were talking about um but the the woman in charge kind of tries to get the woman to start opening up and talking about like uh things like their sex life and just just other bits and pieces related to that and then she says to she points the question directly to elena reese witherspoon's character the main character for the series and she says uh she says i'm going to pose this question to elena but you know all the rest of the women can answer if they want to and she says if your vagina could speak to you what would it say to you and i just sort of paused i was like what 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 the hell does that mean and you know granted i'm a a guy and you know i might not understand it from a woman's perspective and that sort of thing and maybe it's got some sort of maybe there's some sort of reason as to why she asked that or there's more context to it to that that i don't quite understand but i just thought that was a really weird line that i just didn't expect Uh, and don't get me wrong it didn't i it didn't make me hate the show or switch i kept watching and it, it didn't bother me too much it was just very strange um the only kind of bit of context that worked is the way that this woman who's in charge of the book club is talking to everyone else and she's trying to get the woman to kind of open up so i understand the question kind of from that perspective but it's still just a very strange thing to kind of ask um gray i don't know if you've seen the show or if you understand why this line is in here but uh Uh, what, what do you what do you think um i've seen the show i've i've finished the season yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think back to that episode. Um, I think it's then overtaken with a bit of a, a discussion between Mia, Kerry Washington's character comes in and yeah, sort yeah. of interrupts it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember. Someone I know has said they've read the book and the TV, the film, the TV program is a very good reflection of the book in terms of it's one of those that the book and the they, they match each other. So that dialogue could have been in. I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't really... Yeah, it hasn't really sunk in. Now you're mm. saying it, I'm a bit like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, but you need to keep watching. Uh, oh, I definitely will. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the show a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and I'd uh, love to hear I your opinion. To, I just wanted to bring up that line because it was particularly strange. So, yeah. Your um, opinion on episode six is, I would love to hear when you've watched episode six. Um, uh, okay. It's a really, really good episode and I won't spoil it for you. Um, mm-hmm. You've got to watch it and I think you'll be sort of blown away by some of the performances in that. Um, but no, I might go back and, and look at episode three again, see see what that's all about. It probably it might be a book thing, but it is an odd phrase to say as well. Who would yeah, say that? It's a very strange question. It's like if I said, hey, Grey, if your foot could speak to, what would it? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's a, it's just a strange question. I don't think <laughs> I've really heard. I mean, I've, you know, I'm young and all that, and I've not seen everything on TV or whatever. But I've never quite seen a line like that in a TV show or a game or a film, really before so again i'm you know i'm not a woman and everything maybe there's a bit more of a female kind of context to that but i just thought that was a little bit strange not not bad it didn't like turn me off the show whatever i kept watching it was just a a little bit strange so (laughs) (laughs) but uh, apart from that i think the show is great i think the acting performances are really really good um i think it's clear that uh although they don't want to show it at the moment that the two characters mia and elena clearly like hate each other and um you know especially the way to where because uh, eleanor goes to hire her at some point i'm trying to not get too far into spoilers but i'm trying to give a bit of context to certain situations um she sort of hires her and stuff and just that, like the way they kind of arrange that between them and the dialogue between them and you can i can see it more in mia's face that she doesn't like elena 
Um, and then you've got this awkward situation where you've got Pearl, who is Mia's daughter, and then uh, Moody Rich, who is Elena's son. Uh, they're trying to like hang out with each other. There's a bit of an incident there um, involving, I think, like a late night. Uh, they they go into like a, an area that they're not supposed to, or, or some, some sort of like property that they're not allowed to go into. Uh, they sort of um, do that and everything. And there's like a situation with a bike that's quite interesting. Um, I'm enjoying the show a lot and I'm very curious obviously the main question is to okay who burned her house down, why, when and how and all that situation. Uh, the indication seems to be at the moment okay there's maybe a fallout between Mia and Elena and Mia does something to the house. That's that's the assumption at the moment as you're, as you're kind of watching the show but there could be another reason maybe something else happens um but uh yeah i mean i've seen a lot of reese witherspoon in the last couple of years i saw her in uh big little lies she was also in um i think she was the actress from the in the morning show i think that was her yeah, 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 Re- Re- yeah. with a spoon and James Cranston. Yeah. yeah, um, she's been in that. I, th- I just think she's she's really good at a lot of stuff that she does. So uh, it's cool to see her again. I'm sure I've seen Kerry Washington in something before. Um, she seems like a kind of familiar yeah. actress, but she's her biggest she's... show was Scandal. I don't know if you ever Scandal. watched that. I'm just going to click on her name. Actually, I probably should have done that. That's a uh, that's movies and TV yeah. shows. Yeah, Scandal, Django Unchained, which I haven't seen, American Son. Uh, Fantastic Four, the 2005 version. <laughs> uh, Little fires everywhere. So, yeah. Um, but no, I I like the show. It's it's uh, if I'm gonna do you know, my own recommends kind of stuff, I'd recommend that you watch it. It's on Amazon Prime, uh, so you can go and have a look at that as well. But um, yeah, I'll keep a closer eye, I suppose, on episode six then, and uh, see where things go. But no, I'm I'm enjoying it. It's a, it's a very good show so far. It's very much more sort of character drama driven than plot driven as well yeah. uh like the the sort of tension and drama between the characters and i mean most scenes where um where mia and elena are talking to each other no matter what it's kind of about there's always just this particular type of tension there mm. which is uh, re- really interesting so uh that's that um 911 which just finished its third season this i did a podcast on this a couple of weeks ago to me this is the most underrated show on on tv uh, I think I sent that to you, didn't I, on, uh, yeah, I on Twitter? Yeah, totally agreed as well. Definitely. It's just because I joined this um, 911 group on, on Facebook for the show. I joined two of them, actually. And and it, you go in a group like that, and there's a lot of love for the show. But when you look outside of that, on the general discussion on you know, Facebook, Twitter, social media and stuff, I just never really see this show get mentioned like at all and uh i mean it must be doing well it's got the lone star spin-off which starts next week on sky which i'm uh intrigued by um and obviously it's you know got a full season it's doing very well clearly and people are obviously watching it i just don't see any conversation around it necessarily um and if i think back to just some of the episodes in the past i can't remember a bad episode of of the show uh there might be one that i've forgotten about like in early season one or something that's not quite coming to mind but i look back on the show i can't think of a bad episode um and it's just one of them strange situations where in most shows when you have like red shirt characters with no names and stuff they don't typically kind of matter but in this show when you know our heroes the firefighters police department and all that um are trying to save these people that sometimes they do get given names sometimes they don't 
because uh, they you know they go to talk to them and try and calm them down they ask for their name and stuff like that um but you always want them to survive and you always want you know our main characters to succeed in that situation so uh what do you think so far of the show um, I loved it. I actually finished it today, Matt. I was I, I finished work and it was the first program I put on um, to finish this season. Um, what I've always liked about it is it's not conventional. The next episode, you never know what you're going to get. It doesn't follow a format. We look at a mixture of characters, backgrounds and stories, as well as your good old fashioned procedural elements. Um, so it, you know, I just really enjoy it. And it's gripping and i like all the characters they're all likable characters as well yeah um and yeah. you know yeah really enjoyed and i would highly 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 recommend it um and uh yeah no it's uh underrated doesn't get as much attention as some of the other like gray's anatomy and things like that which always seems to be being talked about i'd like to see more 911 discussions and i will be watching lone star as well yeah, me too. I'm not quite sure what, how good that's going to be or whatever. I haven't really heard. Again, I've not heard much about that, but uh, I'm definitely interested. So, um, And yeah, it, to me, it's the perfect mixture of like your weekly procedural, okay, this is the case of the week. Who, who are we going to save this week? And then your mainline stuff that's happening with the characters and everything. It's, it's a really perfect combination of those. So uh, that's been really good. Uh, Prodigal Son, which has got uh, Tom Payne and uh, Charlie Sheen in in that show. Um, And Tom Payne is basically playing... He's the son of this serial killer who is locked up. And, of course, the serial killer is um, uh, Michael Sheen himself playing that role. Uh, We're, we're what, eight or nine episodes into... Are you watching this show? I don't actually know. Um, I am six episodes in. Um. Yeah, I I'm struggling with it a little bit because um, there are some things that doesn't don't make sense. But you know, you, tell me what you think of it so far. Don't worry about the the two episodes I'm behind. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm uh, interested to hear what you think. Yeah, I think we're on about roughly episode eight or nine. I watched one last night, this week's episode. Um, so around about that point in the season, um, I really like it. I'm quite surprised with myself actually as to how much I like it because. These type of more, these more type of, um, uh, like the, the the way they sort of do the investigation, kind of going into the the, psych, the psychology of the whole thing. Okay, like why is this person doing this thing, and like uh, the the sort of reasons behind it, and the way that the main character kind of tracks them, and what's kind of going on with him. Usually, I wouldn't actually go for a particular show like that. I don't like dislike that sort of stuff. I just particularly don't aim towards it necessarily uh the performances are good from both of them i really like what they did with um michael sheen's character in uh, last week's episode that was really good and really quite interesting um again it's another one of those sort of not not quite to the standard standard of what not what 911 does but it's you know the, you're sort of the, the person you're looking for each week uh whether it's the victims or the actual person that's done the crime uh like the the serial killer of the week kind of thing um, and it always does manage to feed somehow back into the main character and, and the, the dad, which is really good. Because uh, it's not always easy to kind of keep that going week after week after week after week. Because you'd kind of you'd kind of get to a point where you'd think, okay, when is that idea going to run out? How many things can you fit psychologically that are going to tie back into that? But um, it it seems to uh, to keep working week after week. So uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. But I'm surprised how much i'm enjoying it i guess but i really do like uh tom payne and um 
and Michael Sheen in the roles. I think they're doing a very, very good job. So, um, yeah, what were you going to say? For, I, I uh, love, I like the actors, um, and yeah. I suppose that I like the premise. I just struggle with the setup, and I know it's always not believable, but like the setup <laughs> of his little room i know i was speaking on geek town about this a couple of weeks ago it just didn't seem quite believable um and i know we are following his journey but sometimes that is quite extreme to and i think that's why i'm starting to connect with it some of his situations did you see the one i think it was episode three where he's having such a um, a massive hallucination in his sleep he throws himself out of a window that was um madness I, c- I yeah, couldn't believe what, I just, what I'd seen, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I was a bit like, I'm not, I, oh, I don't, uh, that just made me feel a bit odd. I suppose I'm watching a lot of programs and there are other procedurals mm. and other ele- uh, programs with sort of elements like that. If you think about, um, I haven't watched it in a while, but what's The Blacklist? That is someone who helps out the FBI and has mm-hmm. his own nuances. And that they've got a little pattern in there and it sort of works. Um, and I see what Prodigal Dunn is doing. I know it's getting really positive reviews and ratings. And Tom Payne and Michael Sheen, great actors. Even Bellamy Young, who plays a mum, is really good. Um, but I suppose I'm just not loving it. If I was to choose that over something like 911, I'd probably go for that. I'm even preferring FBI. Um, I've just um, finished the whole of season one of FBI. I'm now watching season two. Um, and FBI Most Wanted started this week. And I'm, I'm, I'm more enjoying that than I'd say Prodigal Son. It, I don't rush to Prodigal Son. I don't think, oh, I must watch the next episode. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I was just thinking back to that scene where he kind of, because he, he's he like ties himself he like buckles himself to his bed doesn't he because of yeah his sleeping problems and that and then just he completely somehow yanks himself out of it <laughs> like yeah oh I, i'd kind of forgotten somehow a little bit about that scene so you've just reminded me of it but yeah that was it's i mean there's some weird stuff that happens in the show but you just don't quite expect that because uh, that's more of a kind of stunt set piece that, that's more like something that the boys would do instead of something like um like prodigal son but uh anyway i'm i'm enjoying the show anyway so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going with it um i'm not sure how many episodes it's got if it's a mid-season show or a full uh season i'll have to look that up but uh, i'm gonna keep watching that uh regardless so um other than the stuff that we've been watching lately such as you know the boys and uh you know the breaking bad podcast and that that's pretty much everything i am watching at the moment um so uh, I think we should move into some... We, we've got two emails here to get to. Um, so uh, we're just going to go through those. If you've got any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or maybe concerns about television or anything that we've watched, or if you want to just tell us about the, the stuff that you've been watching, all that sort of normal type of feedback, or just to contact Entertainment Talk, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Thomas says, with TV changing more away from the traditional time-slotted weekly TV and more into box sets, how do you feel this is changing TV and for more TV shows to stand out? Um, it's quite an interesting question. I do, I do think that... Because um, some people have looked in the past that, you know, you had your big um, TV shows of the week, like your Game of Thrones, you had... Um, like Breaking Bad, you know, th- those big weekly Sunday night dramas, those those American sort of Sunday night dramas, which, by the way, they still have a lot of stuff on Sunday nights. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it is go- it is getting more difficult for TV shows to stand out. I do always, I do always feel like, at, 
for every single week in the year, there's always at least one relatively big show that someone's talking about. Like at the moment, I'd say it was The Boys. Before that, it was what Mandalorian or something probably. Because um, even though you do get you know Netflix releases four or five seasons of TV a week or whatever they do now, and then Amazon's releasing stuff and Apple TV's releasing stuff and Sky is you know etc cetera, etc. Cetera, I do always feel like there's that one show that slightly stands out that that the majority of people are talking about because at the moment I think that's the boys and then I think when that ends it's probably going to be the walking dead or something um well and... you're ratchet got released today and I know ratchet, that's all yeah. over twitter yeah, yeah that's 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 being talked about a lot but yeah there are those moments where people just seem to want to talk about one thing mm. yeah because we have moved away from that a little bit you haven't got quite as many of those big prestige weekly dramas because you've still got HBO releasing shows and that but you know Sopranos has ended Game of Thrones ended Wire ended a long time ago uh, Mad Men Breaking Bad all, all those sorts of shows have have, have basically finished now uh, and some of them do have spin-offs like you know Better Call Saul uh, which is linked to uh, Breaking Bad and then you've got eventually the uh, Game of Thrones prequels and you've got some other stuff as well um, I know that at the moment on the HBO side they've got what Raised by Wolves and they've got Lovecraft Country um so you've got those that are kind of there as well which is which is good um but yeah how do you feel like this has changed um tv because we've gone slightly more away from the weekly release in terms of uh you know switching to, to more box set releases like like what netflix does how do you feel like that's kind of changed tv yeah i mean i'm torn and i've been i've been talking about this because i have so many programs on the go but that's my personality i can't binge i lose interest too quickly um so uh, with a big drama if you told me oh the whole 12 episodes have been released or 23 episodes are available i just can't work like that i'm very much uh i sort of set my own schedule i have an hour of this program an hour of that mm, program yeah um therefore i like it to be available because you know for example something on netflix like criminal um was released on wednesday they're all released on wednesday i like watch one on wednesday one on thursday one today i've set my own schedule i haven't binged them all in one day um and then i'll watch a comedy in the middle and then i'll watch another drama and then i've got ones i've been watching for ages and then you've got terrestrial tv but that's my personality but i know that i have a lot of friends that are have changed completely to binges they hardly watch scheduled television they just sit down with their partner or with their friend and like what are we binging at the moment and they'll just concentrate on that it'll take them one two days and then they move on to the next thing mm-hmm. and so it's tv's becoming a personality choice you start watching television based on your own personality and how you want to consume it and how and 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 the people around you you know if you're sitting with a partner you will find different ways to watch different programs to suit your life with them and the same with housemates or families and and I suppose that's how I'm seeing it and the the question right it says how is it going to affect tv and I think marketing's got to be key you've got to hit your audience where you want them and go on to things like Twitter to see all those big pictures of, of Ratchet being this Friday's big release. Then two Fridays ago, it was the boys that was all over Twitter and I was getting all the targeted advertising and that's what you've got to do. You've got to have a really good marketing campaign and all the time Netflix released them really low and under the radar 
and then go, oh, this didn't get enough traction, we're going to cancel it, then the producers can go, well, you didn't really push it, did you, Netflix? Yeah. You weren't exactly, you know, we can tell the programmes you want to give a second season to because you are you throw all the money at it. And other ones get just get released really quietly under the radar and no one really notices. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I quite agree. I mean... Uh, certainly in terms of someone who does podcasts on TV. I, I don't mind doing a season review of something, but I'd much rather have, like, this week's episode of The Boys or this week's episode of Westworld or whatever, and you can kind of just check in week after week, and uh, the yeah. season lasts a bit longer. It's a, it's a little bit more focused as well because um, you just, you, you're watching it in, like, better in better sort of chunks um, as well. And, and I do find that when... When there's more weekly TV on as opposed to more box set stuff, I feel like I'm, well, I'm I'm, te- I'm technically watching the same amount of TV, but I'm watching more shows, and I'm not sort of feeling like I'm falling behind on TV shows mm. a- a- as much. Because um, I, I would much rather, like, Netflix turn around and say, hey, the next season of Stranger Things or The Crown, we're going to do it over eight weeks or ten weeks or whatever. Because uh, I was quite happy when they did say about The Boys. And uh, I, I like the the release schedule with that because they did three episodes to start with, and then they've done you know four and five after that. Um, but with that, it was kind of a good situation to me where you get three episodes to kind of kick the season off and sort of push the momentum because there's a lot a, a lot sort of in there, and then you go one you know one per week kind of thing. Because um, to me, something like a uh, good example, something like The Handmaid's Tale to me. Uh, if it, if they said, because that's a Channel 4 thing, if they suddenly said, like, hey, season 5 or whatever the next one is for Handmaid's Tale, all 13 episodes are on all four, that's a show you, I, I could not binge watch something like that. That's a very kind of tough watch, and there's a lot to mm. kind of digest with that. So it's so with, with something that's a little bit more tougher to watch as well, and that has, you know, a lot of sort of darker themes and stuff, um, I certainly prefer it to be a weekly watch, um, uh, and that works pretty well with the, with the Handmaid's Tale. Because I think that's a... Hulu show and they they do that sort of like I think it's two or three episodes to start and then one one uh, episode after that so because um, you've got like Amazon's you know suddenly started um, doing it with the boys and then you've got you know Apple TV has done it from the start I think they do a couple of episodes and then they do weekly uh, Disney Plus from the start of its its actual existence or whatever and uh, did one episode of the Mandalorian at a time um, I think it's time for Netflix to to try that out next so. We shall see. Um, but yeah, it is. It is. I mean, just just on the fact of... I think we've talked about this before, like how many streaming services there is and how much you've got to justify those with more and more content and then more and more competition comes along and then that means more and more TV shows. It is getting harder to see, like, okay, what are the hidden gems that no one's talking about and then what are the big shows and then what are the kind of middle-tier sort of shows and... How do you manage that when you've got all these different streaming services and and whatever? Mm. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, like I like I've kind of said before, I think I think it was around the time they announced like DC Universe and Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus, and I said we're just gonna get a TV crash where there's just you you just can't keep up with what you want to. Um, I don't think we've quite got there yet, but once I think once we get back to some form of normalcy and more more things start getting filmed again and then all these streaming services start start pumping TV out and whatever. Because, uh, like, Peacock in the US, which has pretty much just arrived, once they start kicking off content as well, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting in about a year or two once we're, like, fully into 
uh, what's going on with TV. So mm. there's my really long answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I just have a lot of thoughts and feelings, you know. So yeah, there we exactly. go. <laughs> yeah, and the company's called Entertainment Talk, so expect me to talk. Kelly says, uh, "What do you think are some of the biggest problems with TV, and how can they be solved?" Um, I think there's some structural and maybe organisational stuff with TV that needs to be sorted out. I think one of the biggest problems, particularly with TV, is like you hear about. I don't know. Let, let's say Peacock's got this a new TV show, and they haven't signed a deal with anyone in the UK, and it's pretty much the case of whoever's going to give them the check first or the best check. Like, the, who, who are they going to accept the big check from first? And when is that going to happen? And does that mean that the new episodes of whatever show? is going to be shown three months after the UK, two weeks after, six months later, or, you know, and when you when you start to get into some of those things and there's deals that haven't been done and, and that sort of stuff, um, it can lead to, you know, spoilers, obviously, for shows that haven't got UK homes or whatever. I mean, look at um, Star Trek Lower Decks, which I think is the mi- in the middle of its, its first season. doesn't have a UK home at all, doesn't have an air date anywhere, no one knows where that show is. Uh, luckily, I've not seen any spoilers from that because I do intend to watch it. It just doesn't have a UK home. Um, that's kind of a problem as well. Um, and uh, I, I mean, it's better with things like um, Adult Swim, which has got to deal with all four. And then like FX, which has got to deal with BBC and HBO, which has got to deal with Sky. You can sort of, for the most part, with a lot of those deals, you can think like, OK, HBO starting this new show. It's probably going to be on Sky or sometimes BBC or something like that. I just think like it's probably gonna like they're saying six months time or something when the first season of Lower Decks has come and gone, and no one's picked it up. There's no air date or anything, and then that that just delays things a little bit. So, um, what, what do you think in terms of that? I think there are big problems with contracts and agreements, and yeah, yeah. you know that is where we are heading um, because. You know, even the chats that we both had with Dave at Geek Town about the Arrowverse and who has the rights to certain programs and when they become sort of connected, etc. That causes problems in itself because the TV channels don't always do it for the audience. They do it for themselves. They do it for what's going to bring them the money, not satisfy the audience. And that's why when there are like really niche shows that we hear about in America, that don't get picked up over here is because the big players, the producers are trying to sort out a deal that's best for them, not mm. to try and get us the content that we want to see. Yeah. So that that is sometimes the problem. Um, the other one is, you know, and I've, I've ranted about this on Twitter and you've seen it as well, is the companies have got to get better with their streaming platforms that we're going to you're not going to keep audiences coming back to your channel if you can't get that streaming platform right. Um, and I think the biggest person, the, the company I'd like to sort of talk about here is ITV. You know, ITV is our one of our real main channels. It's been there since I was young and it's got a lot of viewers. And it's got some of our longest running programs, but they have got the worst platform for usability. It's just not good. And they're, it, and it, they don't respond to the customers like suggestions. And when they're going up against things like Netflix, Amazon Prime and BBC, why aren't they learning from what works for them? 
and I know that you've talked about Disney Plus, huge, loads of money, biggest corporation um, in the media world. They've got some fundamental flaws with usability of their platform. And, and until they get that right, they're going to people are naturally lazy and they want the quickest way to access their programs. If you make it difficult for them, then they're not going to come to you. And the mm. same with getting programs as contracts. If you're going to delay them or have a program, only release a few episodes and then not put the rest out and then be quiet or like ITV, only release a US program, but keep it there for just six days. What What's that doing for the audience? You're only benefiting yourself. I'll go across to BBC and watch a US program that will stay on there for a year then. You know, that's they're not thinking of the audiences. They're only thinking of their their pockets and their budgets. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned ITV because one thing I remembered is because uh, I watched the, the second half of Superstore season five on there. And, you know, I was, I was watching, I think, daily because the episodes are pretty much coming out daily. And there was no continue watching section, or at least I couldn't find one, which if there is one on there, I should be able to find it because it should be one of the first things that comes up. Um, and then I kept having to type in Superstore every single time I went back onto the app. And that's a little bit inconvenient as well. Uh, and they only kept like, like you said, they only kept like four episodes on there. So I had to, I had to make sure I was you know, watching it frequently and all that. Um, that's, that's one of the issues as well that I did find with, um, Disney Plus, which is they do have a continue watching section, but unlike with Netflix and Amazon, if you click on, let's just say The Mandalorian, whatever, you're on the pilot or something, and you want to see, okay, how many episodes is there, and how long are the episodes, because I want to, you know, plan when I'm going to watch the next one, and how long it's going to be, or whatever, you have to, with Disney Plus, there, there is no sort of go back to the episode selection, you have to either go through one of the categories to find Mandalorian, or click on it from the homepage, um, or search for it. And, uh, to, to, I mean, I haven't been on Disney for the last, uh, for about a month or so, because I'm waiting for the second season of Mandalorian at the end of next month. Um, they hadn't fixed that from what I had remembered, uh, so that's, that's a bit of an issue as well. So, yeah, it's a bit like, yeah, with, with the ITV thing, having no continue watching section, it's sort of like, do you want me to carry on watching yeah. what I was watching on your platform? <laughs> Yeah. And Superstore, you know, just said the way I watch television is that I, I won't watch it on that sort of fortnightly basis. So I went to come and watch it about, it must have been less than two weeks after it came back. And I couldn't watch the first six episodes. They'd gone. And suddenly I'm like, well, I've missed a huge chunk of it. Where can I get it now? Uh, you know, ITV don't respond to tweets. You You search everywhere. There's no news of it coming back. So you could watch it again. And so it's just like, well, suddenly... I've lost a big chunk of these episodes because you're only allowing programs to stay on there for two weeks. How does that work with, with other, you know, with other companies keeping them on there for months and months and months? It's just, it's not really user. We're in a pandemic. Keep the programs on there, ITV. Don't get rid of them after two weeks. People are going to watch them if they're there. Um, but yeah, that is, that is an issue. So it's like I said, do you want me to actually keep watching the thing that's on your platform or do you want me to search for it every single time? So, but, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, uh, but that's everything that we've got for this episode of TV Talk. Uh, again, let us know what you're watching, your thoughts on that, uh, your thoughts on the things that we've talked about, and, uh, what do you think of that line from Little Fires Everywhere? <laughs> <laughs>
uh, <laughs> did did you get any uh I, i'd be very interested to, you know for women to write in and let me know if there's any further sort of female context to that um because uh i'd like a bit more context to it but anyway i'll move on to the next episode and uh continue watching that as well so uh, in terms of us you can find everything that we've got on entertainmenttilt.org uh, if you want to support the podcast and entertainment talk, we are on Patreon. You can have a look at the $1 and $3 level tiers for review, instant podcast and ad-free podcast options. Amazon affiliate link, if you're buying stuff on Amazon, we can get a small cut of that. It won't cost you extra. Uh, iTunes feeds, please rate, review, subscribe to those if you search for entertainment talk on uh, podcast platforms or search for a specific show name as well. You should be able to find our podcast. Uh, you can also find David on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio on iTunes if you search for Geektown on podcast services or go to geektown.co.uk you can find that as well your up to date reliable TV and film news uh, Gray is also on there on Geektown sometimes as well, he's one of the rotating co-hosts as well so uh, look out for him and look out for him on Twitter at Grey the Geek as well for his thoughts on different things on his on his Twitter page so have a look out for that uh, speaking of rotating Speaking of uh, rotating Geek Town guests, uh, Bex is one of those. You can find her on Trista Bytes. That's Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Go and search for that on Twitch. Uh, go and follow her, subscribe to her for all that good stuff over there. Uh, word of mouth, you can simply tell people that you know about the website, the iTunes feeds, and everybody else's work. That will be very, very helpful. Uh, social media, like we said, you can share them on Twitter, Facebook, and in different Facebook groups if you can. And lastly, Let's Play Sundays. Look out for those episodes on Sundays um, and uh, continue to check out everything that we've got thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time, goodbye bye bye